And I knew I was the best basketball player that I knew at the time anywhere in North America. I led the United States in scoring one year in college basketball, but I lived in Canada. Figure that out. And I mean, we had guys in the NBA, the National Basketball Association that played on our winter teams. And I was better than they were. And I'm like, God, I'm getting ripped off. I should be playing in the NBA. But yeah, <laughs> but when you're 40 years old, they, I'm 50 now, but when you're 40, they stop, you stop waiting by the phone for them to phone you up, right? You're not going to wait for the, uh, you know, the uh, Vancouver Grizzlies to phone you up to play in the NBA. But you know what? God never forgot. You know, wouldn't it be good if God put in the Bible that if you delighted in him, he would give you the desires of your heart. Wouldn't that be good if God put that in the Bible? <laughs> Wouldn't that be good if God himself put in your Bible today that if you delighted in the Lord with all of your heart, that he would give you the desires of your heart? Wouldn't that be good if that was in the Bible? But you know what? We go, well, that's in the Bible, but we don't believe it. Do you know why? Here's what we think that scripture says. If we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give you the desires that he put in your heart. It doesn't say that, folks. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Do you know that when God comes to you and wants to, wants to minister to you and touch you, do you know that he wants to come to you as a friend comes to his friend, not as God with a big hammer over your head? You see, he's got enough servants. He wants you to be a servant. But after you're a servant, Jesus said this, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. We need to learn how to be friends of God. Number one, we need to serve God and serve others. But number two, we need to learn how to be a friend with God. And let God come and love us. You would be surprised what God's done for me. I call it the dessert of life. Because Sammy was there. We went to a Grizzlies basketball game. You ever heard of it? You never heard of these. Anyway, Vancouver Grizzlies. They used to be in the NBA. They're defunct. They moved them out. All my teams, they get moved out. So don't cheer for my teams. So I was there and I was putting mustard on a hot dog. And the Vancouver Grizzlies were playing the San Antonio Spurs in basketball. The NBA. 18,500 fans. The place was crammed. And, I, and, and we got good seat. Well, we we're behind the basket. There were okay seats. And there's this guy standing there. And he's looking at me. And he's wearing this suit. He's got this earpiece. He looked like he was from the FBI. And he's looking at me like this. And I'm like, oh, I think I did something wrong. And he goes, he goes, pardon me. He said, how would you like to take a shot on the court from center during one of the timeouts? I said, yeah, I'd like to do that. <laughs> so during the game, not during the halftime, during the game, when the players are all on the court, all sitting there. They, they got my seat number. They took me and Sammy down. I went down. And I'm, I'm standing in front of 18,500 fans. They got my picture and my name up on the top. They got a, this big grizzly bear mascot. He's giving me a back rub. I'm sitting there. Oh, yeah. The cheerleaders are all lined up, one on this side, one on the other. They got the pom-poms going. I got the ball. And, I'm and all the players are watching me. A Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost man. <laughs> With a basketball. And I'm going, God, you didn't forget me. I get one shot in an NBA game. I'll take it. Actually, I got two. I missed them both. But who cares? Sammy was depressed. He didn't talk to me for a week. You don't want to miss. We're talking a nation, national audience. <laughs> there goes your dignity. I even missed the, four, the, the free shot for the four free tickets from the foul line. I mean, it was awful. They, get, they did give me a hat with a bear on it. That was good. Remember that? But you know what? I got to take a shot, during two shots, during an NBA game. And all the players had to watch me. You know who did that? God. And if you don't think God can do that, do you know how much God loves you? He loves you so much. 
he, he's just, he's so radically in love with you. And if you'll come close enough, you will never be the same. It's God's love that will change you. It's his presence. His glory is his presence, but not just his presence. You can feel his presence made known to you. He wants to wrap his arms around you and change you forever. You know what? Why wait to heaven? Why wait for heaven to have heaven? Have it now. You can have heaven now. Jesus taught you how to pray. The only prayer he taught the disciples was this, as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. When? Right now. Where? Right here. Your will be done. When? Now. Where? Here. As it is in heaven. I'm serious about this. Now, does that mean you'll never have another trial? Another pro- Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, you will. But you know what you get? Heaven. Now. The, the devil has lied to the church. You'll get all that stuff when you die. Forget it. That's the devil. You have it now. You're seated in heavenly places now, right now. We're seated together. The problem is some guys think they're the only ones seated there. They go and do their own thing. That's not God. I'm seated with you. You're seated with me. Like it or not, we're there. So you might as well like it. I had a vision. What call it a vision, or I went there, or I saw it. I know I saw it. I saw the nation of Canada. So there will be some Canadians in heaven because I saw the nation of Canada come before the throne of God with my own eyes. I saw them coming. They look like a big parade. And you know what? You don't think that, pe- you know, people that don't dance here, you'll be dancing in heaven because every single person was dancing. And to be honest with you, I figured God would have done a much better job at choreography in heaven, but he didn't because everybody was arms and legs all over the place. And they didn't care what they looked like. No dignity at all in heaven. They just came unglued praising God in arms and legs. It was so wonderful. They were free. They looked like a calf. You know, the Bible says you'll be like a calf out of a stall. It's exactly what you look like in heaven. You could give a hoot whatever anybody thinks of you. You're just so happy. It's all arms and legs and all over the place. But you want to know a secret about heaven when you get there? This is one of the most wonderful secrets. I was shocked when I saw it. Every person that I saw in heaven rejoicing before the throne and jumping and dancing and leaping, they would look occasionally at the person next to them. And they were just as happy that the person next to them made it. They were so happy they were dancing for them. They could hardly handle it that the guy next to them made it. That's a reality. Woo! The Bible says in lowliness of mind, esteem others better than yourself. That's why I came here. I didn't come here for me. I came here for you because I feel like God's love for you. God's love for this church. God wants to bring you into a place of intimacy that you go farther beyond what you've ever gone before. And that's revival, and that's all revival is. It's going so deep into God that people don't even see you anymore. And God shows up everywhere you go. And the excitement that you have for God comes from a daily plunge in the river and drinking excessively everywhere you go. And getting to know this God that turned 120 to 180 gallons of water into wine. That's how much water he turned into wine at the feast in Cana. Go and read it. Between 120 and 180 gallons of water into wine. Do you think God wanted them to have a good time? They'd already drunk all the wine. And he made them all that. See, the world is looking for two things. Do you know what the world is looking for today? I learned this by working with teenagers. Because teenagers are real. We get old and cover it up. They're just who they are. I learned that teenagers are basically looking for two things. Love and a good party. And you know who put it in them? God. God put that in them. Now they're going about it the wrong way, but you know who put it in them? God. Oh, young people like that. But these are holy young people. So they can have love and a good party in the church. You see, the church is supposed to have love and a good party. He brought me to his banqueting table party. And his banner over me was love. Do you know what? Look, if you have a new King James, it'll tell you. Do you know 
what banqueting table means? It means house of wine. House of wine. He brought me to his house of wine. House of wine. Are you kidding me? What are you doing? House of wine. Drink. He brought me to his house of wine. And his banner over me is love. Love and a good party. Yeah. So I learned that God wants to give that to you today. Not when you die. Yeah. You know that scripture that says, you know, enter thou into the joy of your master. That's, you know what? It's just the kingdom of heaven is like that. But it didn't tell you when you get to heaven. God wants you to enter into the joy now. He doesn't want you to wait. Yeah, forever and ever you'll be in the joy of the Lord. But he wants you to have joy now. It's what the world is looking for in you. And because they don't see it in the church, they don't want it. Why? Because they want to drink. <laughs> we need to teach people how to drink. I don't know if you're ready for this. We need to teach people how to play in the river. I like, I like this worship team. You see, we may not think of it as playing, but it's holy playing. Because God's a good father. And I've worked with hundreds of dysfunctional teenagers. And the common thread of their dysfunctionality was their flaky fathers that didn't know how to play, pray for them. I pray for them. Play with them. They didn't. And I would ask these young guys, and God would have me. And God talked to me all the time what to say. I get more revelation from God about people when I'm out there working with those kids than I do in the church. Because God loves them. And he'd go, ask this young man if his dad's ever played with him. And I said, I mean, he's 16. I mean, you think one card game. I said, has your dad ever played with you? He goes, nope. I said, wait a minute. Your dad never played with you? He goes, never. I said, not a card game? Threw you a football? Threw a baseball? No, never. He says, your dad ever give you a hug? And his head just dropped and he began to weep. He said, my dad's never given me a hug. I said, has he ever told you that he loves you? He says, no. You see, that's a dysfunctional father that doesn't play with his kids and tell them he loves them and gives them hugs. Your God is not like that. God is not like that today. God loves you intensely. He's your heavenly father. Get to know him like that. Some of my experiences with God are so wild, but they're so awesome. And they're so much fun. And I'm going, God, how can you be this fun? I thought you're holy. Because <laughs> that's what we think. We think this stuff can't be holy. Are you kidding me? What do you think all eternity will be after all the wrath that God has in him gets blown out in the lake of fire? All the anger that gets in him gets blown out in the lake of fire. And all the sin and all the mess and all that stuff and the wicked go fly in the other direction. And you're in heaven forever and ever and ever with God. What do you think God will be like then? The same God he is today. Uh, yeah. It, you, you, did you get that? He's a God of absolute love. Now, the reason he hates sin, now, I'm telling you, God hates sin. But why he hates sin? We never asked him that. Why do you hate sin? I asked him. And he said, because it separates me from you. I can't touch you. I want to touch you. That's why he hates sin. He wants you to get rid of it so that he can touch you. He can hug you. He can love you. He can look at you. I had the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, sometimes he just follows me around. And you say, wait, the Holy Spirit, isn't he in you? Yep, but he's with me. You need to learn to let the Holy Ghost come in the door with you. And he will. Will you say, wait a minute, the Holy Spirit's in you? Yes. Jesus said he's with you and he'll be in you. But the word says this, that the Holy Spirit is also the paraclete, the one who comes alongside to help. I was in Peterborough, Ontario. I was staying at a policeman, policeman's home. I felt very safe. And RCMP, you ever heard of those guys? They don't ride horses, by the way, but they're, you know, most of them drive police cars. So this guy was there, was staying in his home. We were all ready to go to the meeting. And he says, I got to leave. Oh, 10 to 5? There's another meeting in two hours, so that's okay. We're going to try to finish at five. Sometimes it's tough for me because we have 14 hours in meetings in Indonesia. 
And you don't want to go home, but that's okay. You've got to go home for two hours. So I'm staying at his place. I've got to get this in, then we're going to pray. God, we need about three hours of getting smashed this afternoon, all rolled up into five minutes. When I say smashed, I don't mean that tritely. I mean, I want God to saturate you. I want God to pickle you. I want God to marinate you. You know, because once you're pickled and marinated in the presence of God, you don't taste or look like you. You go in like a cucumber, you come out a dill. That's the way it goes in the kingdom. The word baptismo was first found in a Greek recipe for pickles. So being baptized in the Holy Spirit and filled with the Holy Spirit, get pickled with the Holy Ghost. You know what happens. Oh man, that guy's pickled. Yeah, exactly. Get pickled with the Holy Spirit. Really? And then you just, you, you just, you're not yourself anymore. So here I am, Shabbatabaranda. Boom. Uh, that's praise the Lord in uh, British Columbia. And we're, um, I'm at this meeting in Ontario. And uh, he had to go and make a phone call. And I said, do you mind if I wash my hair? And I mean, I've got all my clothes on ready to go. So I just run in the bathroom, put my head under the, anybody ever done that? I did that. Put my head under the, under the tub, you know, in the tub. Got, my, got the shampoo going and the Holy Spirit walked in. Now, when I say the Holy Spirit, do you know the Holy Spirit's a person? I mean, I knew that theoretically. I knew that quotations, the Holy Spirit was a person. He walked in and stood beside me. The Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. And he stood there like this. And he looked at me. My whole body went like jello. You got jello here? It's like that marmalite, except it's better tasting. What do you call that? Marmaduke. What is that stuff in the black stuff you eat there? Yeah. Marmite. Yeah, that stuff. Except better. Anyway, my whole body went like jello. And I began to weep. And I said, Holy Spirit, you're here. I said, Why are you here? I didn't know why he was there. Because I felt like. Uh, you know what it felt in the room? Humility. You know how humble God is? You know, God doesn't need to be humble. Exactly. But He is. Uh, he is. Jesus said, you see me, you've seen the Father. The Bible says Jesus took upon Himself the form of a servant. He humbled Himself. And the humility that it took for God to be in the same room as me was overwhelming. I said, Holy Spirit, why are you here? You know what He said? He said, I'm going to the meeting with you tonight. I'm like, you're going to the meeting with me. He said, we take it for granted. I said, you are going... He made a choice. He wanted to go to the meeting with me. Yeah, he was in me, but he's going with me. And he wanted to go with me. It made me so happy that God wanted to be with me. And you know, he doesn't have to. He wants to. He does. He really does. He wants to be with you. He doesn't have to. It's not just because it's in the book. He put it in the book because he wanted to. Because he loves you. He's radically in love with you. And so we went to the meeting. I'm telling you what God did. I saw God plug a guy's toe into, into the power of God. I, had, I went up to pray for this guy, and he stood in front of me. He looked like death warmed over ten times. He was pasty white, and he stood, he stood there like this. I said, uh, what would you like? He said, I've never felt the power of God before in my life. I've been a Christian 19 years. And then he went on to say this. Benny Hinn has prayed for me. This guy's prayed for me. And that, well, that really builds your faith. Every preacher has prayed for this guy. And I'm like, God, what are you going to do with this guy? And I said, please, Holy Spirit, visit this guy. And this guy did like the, I call it the Pentecostal faint. You ever seen that? <laughs> fell down. I thought, well, at least he fell down. Oh, but two minutes later, this man started to shake under the power of God. And he was literally coming off the floor. And I said, God, what's going on? And so I went over. I said, uh, is this good or bad? He goes, I feel the Holy Ghost. I said, more, Lord, more, Lord. Hallelujah, more. When you feel the presence of God, and when the Holy Spirit comes alongside, He just wants to come, He wants to look into your life. He wants to touch you. He wants to take your hand. He wants to walk with you. 
These are the secrets in the kingdom that not only are you a Christian and God lives in you, God wants to walk with you and you can walk with God. It's all about intimacy with God. It's all about God taking you somewhere in the spirit and walking with you so that you have a testimony of the grace of God. Let's stand up and ask God to touch us this afternoon. Thank you, Lord. The reason I gave testimonies this afternoon, because tonight we're going to release the power of God upon people. We're going to ask God's glory to come. We're going to ask God to come and look into your life. But you've got to let him to come and look into your life. Because if you don't know him, if you don't let him know know you, he won't know you. Did you know that? The Bible says that Jesus will say very plainly to many, I never knew you. Do you know why? I always struggle with that. Well, how could that be? Doesn't he know everything about us? Relationship with God works the same way relationship with people works. I will only know you as much as you let me know you. You will only know me as much as I let you know me. And you see, God wants to look into your life and he wants to know you. He wants you to allow him to look into your eyes today. He wants you to see, he wants to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I guarantee, even though he sees the good, the bad, and even the ugly, he'll still love you. And he's the only one that can do anything about the ugly and the bad. And it's amazing the way he'll do it if you just let him come up to you and look into your eyes. That's what he does to me. He'll come and look in there. And the first time I was like, oh God, you're looking into me. And I let him. And when he, oh, it's the most wonderful experience. So you know what? Let God look into you right now. Let the Holy Spirit come alongside you and help you. Let him help you in your problems. Let him help you in your weakness and in your problems. Let him come alongside and help you. Let him come alongside and look in you. Let him come alongside and fill you. Let him come alongside and where you are weak, let him make you strong. Father, I just pray for these people tonight. God, that your glory would come upon them right now. That, Father, from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Lord, you would come and just fill them from the top to the bottom with your glory and with your anointing. That, Holy Spirit, you would look into their souls. And, Lord, every area of distraction, every area of weakness would begin to to become their strength. Lord, that your anointing would come. Lord, and these young people, these teenagers, these people that are here in this section, God, let your mighty power come. Father, thereafter, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, I pray today and tonight, God, that you would come and visit them. And, Father, that they would come in, God, to that place in the Spirit, that they would come into the banqueting room, that they would come into the house of wine, that your glory would come upon them, that it would rest upon them. And as you look into them, they would realize, maybe for the first time in their life, how much you love them. God, we want to know your love. Paul said to know your love. That was everything. We want to know your love today, Holy Spirit. We want to be changed from glory to glory. We want to know you. We want to really know the God that we say that we know. God, we want to see miracles, signs, and wonders. God, tonight, I pray for miracles. I pray for signs. I pray for wonders. I pray for fire. I pray for the lightnings of God tonight in this place. God, we just pray for the whirlwinds of God to come. For the anointing of the presence of God to come. For the power of God to come. Father, like a bulldozer. God, you're doing something special in this place. And Father, even now, Lord, I feel the contention of it, but I don't care. I see you moving like a bulldozer. God, you're not only going to release something, you're going to take something out of this region. God, there's this big boulder and it looks like a big 
religious spirit in this area. God is uncovering that thing and he's going to push that thing right out into the sea. That religious spirit is going to go in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is going to uncover it. He's going to push it out of this whole region in the name of Jesus. That thing's going to go. It's going to be cast into the sea and it's going to be never seen again. And Father, we just pray that that big boulder would be removed in the name of Jesus. We speak to it. And we thank you, Father, oh God, that tonight, Father God, you're going to begin to fill up that area. God, even in the city, even as we meet, I'm praying for revival tonight, Lord. God, I pray that you'd rend the veil tonight. Let tonight be the rending of the veil. Listen, come, when you come tonight, believe God that the veil is going to be rent. Believe God that the lightning of God is going to come. Believe him that that boulder is going to be pushed in. I can see it being pushed into the sea. And you see, these, sometimes God has to move. The Bible says, let God arise, let his enemies be scattered. And once they're scattered, that's when the good stuff comes. We need the lightnings of God. I don't know if you know that or not, that we need, the, we need to have the lightnings of God. Jesus said, I saw Satan falling like a lightning. And we need to learn how to release the lightning of God upon services and upon people and upon principalities. And God is dealing with something. Even as you fasted and prayed this last while, I see God is removing a big stumbling block in this city. It's a stump in this whole area this whole region it's a big stumbling block of religion and god is pushing that thing right out of the way he's taking the stumbling block out of the way he's removing it and father we're going to thank you for that we're thanking you for that oh and father i thank that we're going to contend until your glory comes father i pray tonight for the diamonds and the gold dust and the jewels and your presence and for healings and for testimonies and for your mighty power and god we thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Praise the Lord. Yes. Woo! Amen. That's really... Ex- Trust that's really opened you up to receive something. So come along tonight. Come hungry for God. Hungry and expectant for God to do something fresh. Amen? Amen. If you didn't understand half it, don't worry. Get the tape and just play it over and over and over and you'll find he said a lot more than you heard. And uh, get the tape and you'll, you'll hear a lot more than you realize. It's quite like that and a flow of revelation like that. So just do come along again tonight. Bring some along with you. Let's come expecting for fresh things from the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Have a great meal.